0: One, two, three. Downside. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Saresi.
1: Yeah, I think I I leave Red Eye next Wednesday night. Um it's always weird. I just always feel when I'm in LA, I'm like I don't do I think it's more that all the shows I do I have to do well. Yeah. And so I always feel very creatively uh unfulfilled. Right. I'm just like I didn't work on anything new. I just said the same you're doing shit. The hits. And that's every LA show cuz I'm just like please when yeah. I come back book me again.
0: <laughs> well, that's nice cuz you're doing the A material so you will get booked again and then, you know, come back and do the C material.
1: Yes, that's the goal. <laughs> Skip the B entirely. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. straight from the notebook, mm-hmm. new thoughts from the plane. Um, are we good? Recording? Great. No, I'll just look at my phone now and then. Um, thank yeah, you. thank you so much. Um, well, hello. Hello. Welcome to the downside. See, you hop right in. That's what you I need
0: with a sure, guest. Yeah, Some
1: guests, I, I swear I swear to God, I want to test it one day where I'm going to have a guest who's not a comedian and see if I can go the full podcast without them saying anything.
0: <laughs> and you just, just keep talking. No like, questions. Thank you to our
1: guests. Um, well, welcome to the downside. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, in a cranky mood. Oh, cranky mood. I I I'm here with a mix of 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 work and pleasure, which is never good. It's it's a good girlfriend's friend's wedding.
0: Is that really pleasure?
1: I'm I'm trying to be <laughs> make it pleasure for her, and she's with her friends, and I'm like an antisocial creature. But she wants me to be there and present. It's a lot, mm-hmm. and for me, I'm realizing as I travel. The one thing I need to do is work out. And it's like, it's, I don't even know if it's about being in shape. I think it's just like, that's the one thing that says to me, I'm in control of my life. And today, I went to Barry's boot camp. Last night, I checked what the travel time was. Clean 13 minutes this morning, 46 minutes. Was very late and was very upset. I don't know how you live here. I don't know how you plan anything here.
0: Yeah, that's uh Barry's boot camp. That sounds like very intense. Have you ever done it? No, because a I've heard floor, of it. Treadnought floor, floor. Yeah, it, there's too many transitions in that workout for me. I just need to be like, you know, I could, like if I do Pilates, I'm just like on that thing. My mom's a Pilates. Oh, really?
1: Do you do the Pilates? Do you like the, the Pilates where it's like music or do you do the, like
0: 90-year-old's? It's you know it it's sort of like sort of that, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's probably a mix between because it, it's in Pasadena and what I say is I always go in and I'm like they're like do you have any like they basically ask do you have any ailments and I'm like yeah I, I you know I just had a baby and that was three years ago but I just say it so they don't like try to make me do things like harder really you know? they're like oh it's fine she's postpartum <laughs> you know well, you're
1: postpartum what what's like the weakest like what does it affect
0: uh, your whole core. Yeah, mm. b- basically you you lose all of that muscle. That is it was because here. it's
1: it's because it's at- atrophied, or is it because it's like wounded, or yeah? Like where did
0: it go? It it's a go- that's a good question. But like I remember when I I always had like, I mean it's not like I always had abs, but they were in there somewhere because yeah, yeah, I because yeah. I play sports, <laughs> and so I was they're always there. And then after having the baby, there's just like nothing. It's like there's not one muscle there. So you have to build back your entire core.
1: This is very dumb. This speaks to high school education. <laughs> the the baby, it's under the abdominals, correct?
0: Yeah. The baby is like under, under there somewhere. And honestly, I didn't, even when I had a child, I didn't want to know anything that was going on. Like I didn't do like deep dives of uh what happens to Does my the body, body? Stuff
1: just freak you out
0: i just thought i would like get ill thinking about it and and i was just like i'm just gonna do this once so i don't need to know yeah so you could probably ask me questions and i'm like We're i don't fucking know here. yeah
1: good I'll, I'll feel smarter then i wonder if you have like if you're really like cut and you have a baby is there a point where you're A baby bump has a a six-pack, like a little stretched-out
0: pack? There are those... Yeah, there are those uh, those people that have children that work out the entire time, and I don't know how they do it. I was... Because you're so tired. What can't you do? Like,
1: can you do... You can't do crunches.
0: You... Yeah, you can't do any... Yeah, I hope... I didn't do any crunches, uh, because, yeah, that seems like the baby would just be crushed. In terms of movement,
1: like, can you jump? Or is the baby, like, get a headache?
0: You... Okay, I played basketball until my second trimester. So four months pregnant, I was okay. playing basketball. And then it becomes a thing where it's like, okay, you could get like blunt force trauma, <gasps> you know? Like if you, if I fall down on the court. Sure. Yeah. Or so. sometimes
1: you pass and you miss...
0: Yeah. And oh my God, imagine how bad I am that someone throws me a pass and I miss like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's not beyond me. <laughs> right. That seems like a regular catch for me. Um, well, welcome to the Downside uh, Maternity Edition. My name is Jamarcus yeah. Uh uh, I'm here with my guests. It's the first time we've ever met. Yes. Because uh,
0: you're an L.A. comedian. It's going well.
1: It, thank you. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Mo Welch. Uh, a Comedian. Cartoonist. Mo mm-hmm. Welch. How are you doing? I'm great. What's well, the Downside?
0: I'm feeling good.
1: Uh cartoonist is is the word what's Mm -hmm. the worst people say though people must say other weird things comic person
0: drawer drawer oh comedian yeah comedian yeah comedian person has been like a i've i've been introduced on stage that way what's the worst you've gotten (laughs) you're like can you just call me a comedian
1: the worst i've gotten oh i mean i get like uh (laughs) i i i once was trying to i work a club in new york called lol Mm -hmm. it's the worst club in, in the world i'm gonna make a book someday and uh the host for a while would bring me up and say uh, the next comedian is the gayest guy i've ever met and uh one day i was trying to get tape for america's got talent it's a submission and i said could you not call me that when you bring me on stage and uh he went up there and uh he called me the f-word and I said, oh, there we go. Wow,
0: 2022. I, uh, I thought
1: it would help me get America's Got Talent even better. They say this kid was bullied
0: from right. the moment he
1: stepped foot on stage.
0: They love a good bully story. They
1: do. I, I, I probably have said it before on this, but they were interested. And my story was my parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And they wrote back, like, anything that hasn't happened to half the country. <laughs> uh, but someday. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that show still. I might be past the risk of bombing on America's Got Talent.
0: I don't know. Are they pretty good, though? Like, with Last Comic Standing, I feel like they they were really good about not letting comics bomb and then air it.
1: No, they they air they, they pull some funky shit sometimes. Oh, okay. They, they'll, they'll, they'll attach a reaction to a different punchline. Or if it oh. did fine, I think it's like if you do fine, they might make you look Bad.
0: In the edit, yeah, I had somebody come by once. So I was doing a show, and they messaged me like, "Hey, I'm from America's Got Talent. I'm watching your set tonight." And I was like, "Why? I would never like. You should like. I would never do that show because I, I just know that I would that it'd be a bad edit. I just sure. know my luck, or that I would truly eat shit." And uh, yeah, they came back and they never messaged me again because I'm sure I went on stage and I was like, "I fucking hate everything," you know, just the most depressing.
1: Their incentive system, those talent coordinators for those shows at least what i've experienced it's very weird where they have different producers who kind of call mm. the talent they go out they find the talent and they submit it and i think their bonuses or whatever is very much tied to uh who gets through who makes an impression who gets the good talent in a way where i remember like one person was interested then another person was interested mm. and like it became a thing of like oh they have a not they can't compete. They were. Like, he couldn't submit me because she had submitted me. And I thought, oh, great. You both like me.
0: Oh. You both go forward.
1: Two, two people vouching for me. But it was like, no.
0: It's like The Voice. Yes. Hmm.
1: Everything's like The Voice. The Voice is like life. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I want to get to know you in a second. Um, I was just in Richmond,
0: Virginia. Mm-hmm. Doing?
1: Uh, Sandman Comedy Club. Great comedy club. Okay. Very good. But have you ever been to Richmond?
0: I'm actually weirdly going next month, and I've never been to Virginia, but I'm going for comedy as well. Where are you
1: going? The Improv. Funny think- Bone. Funny Bone. Yes, yeah. Richmond, Funny Bone. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you know this, Richmond. I don't was, know anything about Virginia. Was the was the, I believe Richmond? I could be wrong. Capital of the Confederacy.
0: Okay. Ooh.
1: And a lot of Civil War stuff. Uh, there, they have the White House of the Confederacy. Okay. Which, uh, uh, fine historical thing they have a lot of civil war museums and i went to like the the main one right and i, I think the goal i think a civil war museum is probably tricky because you want to like present the war mm-hmm. but you have to make clear which side you're on and uh, you get the sense of the museum it's it's a little more impartial than you want it to be right and maybe a museum should be impartial like maybe maybe a museum should be like you know here are the facts but just a little, you know, you could have used a little more. Like, this is bad. And this yeah, because that's
0: what, like, when you go to the Holocaust Museum, it's very clear. Yes, that yes. it's about the no, victims. No, there's
1: nothing in the Holocaust Museum of like, oh, and then uh, there was a tough time where the Nazi soldiers uh, they struggled to feed their families at one yeah, point. The rations right. were so tough. Yes, not that that's not an interesting thing. It would. It's interesting to know, like, oh, look how this thing, but. Generally, you just don't.
0: You don't want it. You just don't. Yeah.
1: You go, you know what? Let it be lost to the sands of Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. If you were a Nazi, you don't get to have people hear about your struggle. Right. And that's... That's that's, the way it should be. That's the way it should be. But you go to this... Again, it wasn't like the museum. It was still like Mm pro-union. Definitely pro-union. And then you go to the gift shop. And... The gift shop, I guess, is, is there are a couple, a lot of, there's a lot of problems. The gift shop is where problems occur. I always try to find, I've always wanted to find like funny gifts for my girlfriend at like, I went to the Oklahoma City bombing memorial or the 9 11 museum. Right. And I always think like, oh, I'll get a gift that's like, quite, like ironic or funny. And usually at those museums, like, they, I think they were very, the 9 11 <laughs> memorial has nothing that could even be construed. As funny, right, or inappropriate? They're mm-hmm. very. Everything is just the museum logo. There's the no keychain.
0: Keychain with your name. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. No, yes. Exactly. Okay.
1: Um, this gift shop was like. First, they had T-shirt that said, "I am my ancestor's wildest dream," and I'm like, not for everyone in Richmond, right. And if you're that cashier and, uh, you know, some uh, some white guy in a Confederate shirt comes there, I don't want him to have that shirt.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's a weird shirt to sell at this museum that has not made it clear that they are firmly (laughs) with the Union. Right. And then they sell coasters, Mm. coasters of generals on both sides of the war. And... Again, I don't think you should be able to buy a Robert E. Lee coaster on its own. Right. If you went to someone's house who had that coaster, even if they had the whole set, I'd say, why do you have this coaster? No one needs the the Hitler and the, who's the president? FDR."
0: Oh, my God. Don't ask me any history questions. That's really bad. (laughs) I thought you knew your history. You're talking to me. I'm like, great. I'm going to learn something. Just
1: the Civil War and the the, the Holocaust, but just the, the German part of it. That's all I know. Right. So they had that. They had it. They had an album of of Civil War songs, but half the songs were from the the Confederacy, mm-hmm. and I that was the gift that I thought would be funny, but then I was worried: what if the Confederacy songs are really good?
0: Yeah, and then, and then I had to tell
1: people I like the Confederacy, but just for the music.
0: Was it a CD?
1: It was a CD. Yeah. That's how. That's how old this is. This feels like this feels like this gift shop was created before. Certain thoughts about like maybe this isn't appropriate.
0: Yeah, to celebrate the merch is not does not sound like it's on point. Sounds like they need a a rebrand of merch. Yeah, I also don't like t-shirts that have too many like words on it. Sounds like it, you know, the ancestors one. I don't. It's too much to read.
1: Yeah, sometimes I see a shirt that I think is funny, but I'm like, but then you're telling that joke all day, right? It's like you're you're just going around telling the same joke. Yeah, all day long. T-shirts are tough. Uh I want more, but. I should have gotten that shirt for a Did you get anything? Girlfriend. Uh no, I got her. I got her like a fucking plate. I really struggle a with plate. these plate. And I think my girlfriend because <laughs> she's she's moved in, and uh my plates are just the cheapest pieces of shit you could buy. So you give her one plate. So I get one plate mm. with a flower on it. I said, Oh woman. A flower. Yeah, you, you know, like I did, this, I don't did you? My job. <laughs> um, so so definitely go see that museum. hmm It's interesting. They also have a Holocaust memorial in Richmond, which is strange to me. I feel like it's to offset the Civil War museums to be like, "Hey, we all fuck up sometimes." Yeah. And uh, I just think it's kind of wild to think that they took a someone took a plane or a boat to Germany. I'm Jewish. They filled it up with shoes, mm-hmm. brought it to Richmond. And it's, it's, it's just a strange, I mean, I guess it's good. There's probably people there who need to know about it. Right. But I think it's just a little strange to have a a Holocaust memorial in Richmond when there's so much for Richmond to repent for on their own.
0: Yeah. I think that you're right. I think that they go, this, this museum's bad. Let's just get like a little, let's get a little one in here for, for the liberals, you know, Yeah, put that in there. And there's no way,
1: there's no way that's like a good museum. It's not like an authentic cross yeah. memorial. If you went to South Korea and there was a civil war museum there, I'm like, this is probably like you know not going to be the best one, right? How did they get oh. all these Confederate flags here? Yeah, why are we shipping the shit all, all together? <gasps> so go check that out. Enjoy Richmond.
0: Do you go to uh, museums when you're on the road?
1: I try to. Mm-hmm. I I went through a big art museum phase. I'm not. Su- I-, I don't like. I don't I don't ever if you told me I never have to see another picture of Jesus again mm-hmm. I'm fine with that yeah I like the modern art I like I like to go and half the time be like what the fuck is this and then see ultimately some animation thing right and I go like cool
0: cool <laughs> the animation room close is the best to Dragon
1: Ball Z related I'm like this is what I'm here for I try to do I want to do more experiences mm-hmm. I went to Florida I, I I did a gun show in Florida I went to a gun show just to like see. And to be right. like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere and feel like like people watch with people that I have nothing in common with. Right. So that's what I try to do now on the road. I try to do like, because I'm a workaholic, I like to take an edible during the day, go to one of these things and come up with some bits. Right. And I came up with some Civil War bits that now I have to see if they work outside of
0: Right. Richmond. The art museum honestly is that's a great place to to go and think. It's kind of like driving. You know, you can just let your mind yeah. wander.
1: When you go to New York, do you go to the art museum?
0: Yeah, I love art museums. But I don't, you know, when I'm on the road, I I just kind of walk. I don't go in anywhere. I just walk for miles and miles and yeah. just get the feel of the place. That's which what... is usually only like six blocks long mm-hmm. and like a piece of shit city. So, <laughs>
1: we'll get to those big cities one
0: day. Yeah, one day
1: um so you uh grew up in normal yeah illinois Mm -hmm. which is the normal's finest
0: yeah Mm -hmm. is it
1: the only city named normal
0: i hope so it's not a great name there's also a sandwich illinois on the way to normal from chicago sandwich illinois yeah
1: which which like truly like the meal
0: yeah like like the sandwich do
1: they do they have fun with it are there a lot of sandwich shops
0: I asked what this guy, I know this guy, I, I don't think they lean into it as, as much as they could. Cause I was doing a show here in LA and this guy was like, I I was doing a joke about how I'm from normal. And he said, I'm from sandwich. I was like, there's no fucking way. I've never met anybody from sandwich, Illinois. And I asked him that I was like, are you guys like, you know, you know, I don't know what I some something stupid in the moment. Like, are you guys like the ketchups and the mustards? Like, what is your. Like at least at school, what is your mascot? Is it something fun? Off the top
1: of your head, they are really crushed. I like off I'm the sure top it of your head, crushed. a mustard people be like, holy shit.
0: Like she's a genius. Yeah. And then, you know, when anytime you try to like talk about, you know, oh, I did the best crowd work. And then you say it after you've been on stage, it's like <laughs> wow, that's hack.
1: That's that's the problem with these. We're all doing these crowd work clips these days for the algorithm, a lot of yeah. crowd work out there. And sometimes it's just I, I will, I always remember I saw, It says the difference between improv and Mm prepared, And it's impossible to overstate how much that affects one's enjoyment of it. I saw a show, it was a sketch show. I said, this is awful. It's awful. There was no story. They were stepping all over each other's lines. And as we left, I said, that was the worst sketch I've ever seen. And my friend said, that was an improv show. And I was like, (laughs) oh, it was pretty good actually. (laughs) And it's it's like that's the thing with crowd work. Right. Where it's like it's cool, it's present, it's visceral, mm-hmm. but it's not
0: that good. It's for it's for the moment. It's for, it's the, for the, moment. the room. I mean, with improv, they always told you like don't just do they said, Don't just do improv because you'll never be able to write and because it's only good in that moment. Yeah. It's good for what it is. I mean, it's great. I love good improv. I love bad improv. You and love bad improv. I love to watch bad improv it's incredible.
1: So you're just at like the one-on-one classes front row.
0: Yeah. That to me is like, there, there's like a cringiness that like when your stomach turns, there's that, that feeling for me is like the feeling of adrenaline or, or, you know, like that's what I'm addicted to. So like, even when I do stand up, I try to make moments. Like I try to fabricate those sort of moments of like, what the fuck is about to happen? Sure. You know, sure. Um, Or like, is she okay? You know, I'm like they're scared for me up there. I'm like
1: next time a friend asks love me to it. go to their improv show, I'm gonna say, Oh I'm not into that, but I have a friend. She's an <laughs> addict.
0: Yeah, she's an addict.
1: Um so normal is was small how many people are normal
0: it's a mid-sized city i uh, probably like sixty thousand. i have no clue but illinois state university is there there's mm. uh and it's kind of like a twin cities deal there's a place called bloomington too so it's bloomington normal and there are, you can't tell you know there's like a street that uh that is the middle of you know i don't know what i'm trying to say is the line you know
1: and mm. Big family. You've said how, you're one of five.
0: One of five. Yeah. One of five. I didn't yeah. Yeah. That,
1: that's all I know after this. Yeah. It's done. Great. Um. Uh, and you were in normal until when?
0: Um. I was in normal until I was twelve. Then we moved up to Chicago.
1: So did you like being? Did you Did you like normal? What are the What are the downsides of normal? Illinois? Everything. Everything.
0: Yeah. There's no upside. It's just no. Upside. No. Yeah. It's like, okay, normal first stake and shake. That's that's the best part of it. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had one in D.C. Like this is that's like the like, it's like grungy. It's metal. depends
0: on how old you are. Uh, if you're ten years old, it's a fine dining. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. I get that. And it's, it's
1: like it's it's twenty four seven.
0: I don't know. It, it's at least uh, open pretty late. Yeah. Great name. Great name. But like also steak, you know, you're like, am I getting a fork? Am I getting a plastic fork and knife here? Or is this like, sure. a, you know, or is it just the burger? Um, they have great shakes if I'm you're a shake. Right, no. Yeah. Yeah. i shake once, yeah. once a year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: when Barry's Boot Camp, when I went to it on time. Wow, you're so good. Um, I'm a, I have a disorder. Um, <laughs> so normal. It's, it's boring. No culture, I, I would assume.
0: Yeah, it's no just arts? cornfields. Cornfields. Cornfields outside of it. It's super like – the thing is like in Illinois, there's Chicago, and then there's like the rest of Illinois. And yeah. the rest of Illinois looks like Iowa and Indiana. It's just cornfields, nothing. Now, as a kid,
1: do you do, you go, do you play in the cornfields? I worked you, in the cornfields. You worked in the cornfields. Yeah, to tassel Child corn.
0: Child labor, absolutely. For the family? For me, for, for clothes. For fashion. No, I, I mean I worked for fashion – it was a friend of mine, uh her her dad, like I don't know, he was like the head of child labor in <laughs> in central Illinois and got got us these summer jobs as and, it, and it's horrible. It's as bad as it sounds. You're just like in the cornfields, you have you have to put on long sleeves because you'll get corn rash. It's corn like, rash. Yeah. What is that? What is corn it's, rash? It's is just it- like a rash that you get that you can wash off. You know, like okay. when you take a shower, it goes away. But yeah, it's like, it's like little scratches and bumps. Um, So you got to wear long sleeves and it's like 200 degrees in those cornfields. It's horrible. But
1: you're, you're what, you're 12, you're 11. How much corn are you picking? Yeah, I was
0: 11 and 12 you years old.
1: You can't be like a super useful
0: asset to this. Those, Don't they have machines? I do think maybe they have machines that do them now. But back in the 1800s, uh, when I was coming up, they yeah. were... You they were still using kids. No, you actually just like take out a piece of the the corn in the middle and you just go like this so that it like can keep growing or something. Here, here again, I'm like refusing to learn anything about what I'm doing, but just take taking it out and then throwing it, you know.
1: <laughs> you, on the ground.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Throw the corn it's on the ground. It's just a piece of it, and you just like take it out. So you're going each one, each stock, you're just like one, two, it's like thousands full, and thousands. Full corn cups no no no. they're just like it's it's this green it's it's just part of the corn and you pull it out i think so it can grow more Hmm. but it has to like you're just pulling pulling a plug kind of
1: and we paid on the hour yeah it was like
0: six bucks an hour
1: six bucks an hour yeah and you were using this money for for clothes fashion yeah what were you shopping back then
0: farm and fleet
1: farm and fleet (laughs)
0: Yeah, is that, is that a chain or is it's, that like a? Yeah, it's like a Walmart for farmers. So you can get like your. I thought your Walmart farming. was for farmers already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like even more into that community, and it's just uh, farming materials, and they got a little fashion section. How, you get your how jeans. How high fashion
1: are we talking? Like. We're
0: talking the <laughs> lowest you can get.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Like some this this blouse has corn shields already built in on the sleeves <laughs> right bedazzled leggings um
0: technology
1: and so you you got the fuck out of there yeah and why what's the family situation Parents. my
0: we were running away from my dad running who was abusive yeah mm. mm-hmm.
1: and do you do, do you mind if i ask about oh i don't care i i when did that was that throughout did that yeah start... that was
0: throughout our life but he was in and out of our lives um Uh and so he would leave for two years come back where did he go in those two years great question was he he drinking my mom would say he was just kind of on a walkabout but it was like a very long walk you know it'd be for two years (laughs) he was was, uh he he, one time he went to arkansas and just like worked there uh you know probably well, definitely cheating on my mom i mean at that point you're like that's like the fifth thing down the list that you care about yeah but uh yeah, he was He was just kind of like not into being a, a dad or a husband.
1: But he had five
0: kids? Five kids.
1: What kid, what number are you? Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a time when it was, when did you, mm-hmm. what age were you like, oh, my dad's fucked
0: up? I mean, it was pretty early. And I was, there's, this is weird, but he was, he was so consistent at being inconsistent that it didn't fuck me up that much. You know, because he was always in and out. So it was just like, he weirdly was... It would have been weird if for the first 12 years of my life, he was there and he was my dad and then he was leaving. Yes. Right. So it was kind of just like the norm.
1: I agree agree with that to a certain degree. Where I, I grew up with my parents were already divorced. So in a degree, it was like the norm. Right. And then I saw what my mother and stepfather, their divorce, how it affected their kids who grew up with it. And I'm like, oh, that's a more... Not 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 to to level trauma. Yeah. But, it, but that's like more of a jarring. That's more right. of an acute. Like everything's topsy turvy.
0: Yeah, especially when you're a kid, and that's like your safety net. But for us, we were always moving. We were always like, you know, poor and like.
1: Was your dad when he did he have any good good spurts?
0: Yeah. Was he, like was sometimes he, fun? he was sometimes he was funny. My dad is extremely athletic uh so i was like really into sports and so you know i remember playing basketball with him a couple times yeah uh he tried to teach me how to drive when i was 12 and sure. it was a stick shift you know he there were some fun moments in there
1: was he a good teacher
0: uh, i mean i didn't learn how to do it so i, mean, that's... I think it would, you'd have to stay there longer than a couple of days to teach someone how to drive
1: my dad taught me how to drive and that's why i don't know how to drive what was so? the car Oh, he had like a big fucking because he had horses. Mm-hmm. So he had a big fucking truck. He had like like he loved horses. Yeah, he just grew up. I this just I think some people. I don't want to label all horse people this, but I've always thought it's, it's fucked up horse people are the most fucked up people because they need a mammal mm-hmm. that big who won't judge them. Right, and they a dog won't do it for these people. They need something bigger than them. Right, that they can give a hug to, and and the horse doesn't know the horrible crimes they've committed in life. I think fucked up horse people are, that's, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because you can't have, like, I don't really have any horse people in my life, and I think you do have to limit them for your own sanity. So, like, you might only have, you you can maybe only handle having one horse person in your life.
1: Yes, yes, and that is my father, and that is it. But we even had, like, he, at some point, the barn got too expensive or something, so he kept the horse in our backyard. We had, we had like, some forestry in Maryland in the backyard. Did you
0: guys have corn?
1: No. No, we had a very, like... <laughs> it's, like, not a full... Like, I, there's definitely so many things I don't know about growing up in, like, a, a, a rural place. Right. But we had... A
0: but a farm. Yeah, that's just seems He, he went country. to Virginia
1: or West Virginia, and that's where he'd go for the horses. Okay. And he wanted me... I mean, I think one of the reasons my dad, amongst many others, my dad became close with my little sister was because she was into horses and I was an indoor boy from day fucking one. Yeah. And we tried to get me to ride a horse. I took one horse lesson. I was just a sensitive little boy and we were moving fast. And I think my balls hit the the saddle, which yeah. is just common. If you're going to ride horses, that's, your balls are going to take a beating. That's rough. And I just started crying. And I said, I'm never riding a horse again. And my dad said, I need to have another kid. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah. So my dad taught me in his truck, which was a massive fucking truck that was impossible to navigate. And and he, just, my dad didn't follow the rules. So I'd be like, you know, can I take a U-turn on the highway? And he'd be like, I don't see any cops. And you're like, okay, you're not a good teacher.
0: Right. And you were that's kind of interesting because it's like, here, I'm going to teach you how to ride a horse. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm going to teach you how to ride a truck. I can't do that either. So my
1: my dad had a series of disappointments. Yeah. If he just said, I'm going to teach you how to sing a ballad, Mm -hmm. we would have really gotten along.
0: Well, my dad, my dad held out hope. I have one brother. And the last time he really connected with my brother, he brought him down. You know, my brother's probably like six or seven at the time he signs him up for baseball and my dad's like, he loves baseball. And so he always imagined playing baseball with his son and that his son would be really good at baseball. My brother is like you on a horse, you know? <laughs> and he was just sitting down in the outfield. My dad was just like, embarrassed. The ball right exactly. Away. And, and that was the last time he took my brother down the, for the summer. So I think those expectations of like, even a parent who's not there has these expectations of their children. And when it's not met, they're like, well, maybe, OK, well, maybe the next kid or maybe maybe not at all.
1: Sure. My dad, for me, he definitely wanted me to be in two sports and uh, not just playing them, but like watching them. And I mean, he would tell people he pretended I was into football for so long. <laughs> he would tell other people like, oh, my son loves the Washington Redskins. at the yeah. time, And I uh, knows all the stats. And I was like, I do not. I don't care about any of this. Wow. You got to take the things you get. We watch mm-hmm. Seinfeld together, but but you got to just accept or have more kids and, right. and roll the dice.
0: But it's nice to not have any like because I have a kid, I don't have any expectations of like it would be wild for me to think I'm I'm going to like if you're not interested in basketball or corn picking or comedy or, you know, whatever that like that's going to affect how I feel about you. If a kid is interested in anything that's positive, that's awesome. Of
1: course. I Of course. That's, that's the elevated So musical,
0: th- musical theater or, or, you know. Sure.
1: My dad could have gotten into it. I just think, I just think parents, they, they want, they have these expectations that I think they're tough to get rid of. I think a lot, especially with like men and like, if they have a, a gay son, I think like the same way sports is a point of connection, like men, straight men being like, son, look at the legs on her. Like that is yeah. a point of of bonding. Right. And I think like sometimes parents' reaction mm-hmm. to someone coming out is also related to, to, to them going, oh fuck, I can't relate to my child in this way. Right. And it's like, it's trying, you know, the elevated position is there's a lot of different ways you can relate to a human being. And, and... Yeah.
0: Yeah, because my brother is also gay. Oh, and yeah. And so I'm sure that was... I mean, and we knew from such a young age that he was gay, and so... What age would you say? Three. And do you think... I
1: think it's as someone who, like, is uh, effeminate. Right. And people would...
0: People,
1: I feel like if I had uh, come out later in life, that people would go, oh, we knew right. from six. Because I ex- ex- display that. Do you think you... You really knew, or there were just traits that felt traditionally feminine. Yeah, it was was based on
0: stereotypes. Sure,
1: but that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what three? Yeah. I just remember he was so young when we, we like first started thinking, oh, maybe he's gay. And so, whatever it was, I mean, it was right. But even, even when he came out, my mom was denying it. You know, she just thought, because she thought, she was like, no, he's just like Jim Carrey. And we were like, what does that mean? And like, is he gay you know, or right? Jim Carrey? Right. <laughs> On this week's game show. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, you know, she just thought he was like performative and like, you know, meanwhile, he's not at all. Uh, yeah. She just thought he was silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so stupid. Is your brother
1: the youngest?
0: He's the second youngest. Second youngest. Mm-hmm
1: why did your mom keep having kids with this kind of nightmare was she in love
0: you know back then i think my mom had her first kid at 23 and i think you're just rolling with it and she kept my mom would always say like i just i never imagined your dad would be a bad dad and i said what is your evidence and she was like i i think she just wanted she was trying to wish that into existence but turns out my dad said he never wanted any kids and so they just keep having kids you don't use like back then and like my mom is catholic or was at the time you just don't use you can't even afford condoms i mean we were like on public aid but like no it was just like this is stupidity they had
1: condom bowls out in places yeah before so they, they were, were just raw dogging every time yeah
0: and it was probably like, you know, he was in and out of town. So it just like, I guess it just worked a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, you know, when people come back from a trip, you're like, we got to. Yeah. Go to town. They
0: they say like in a relationship, you should, you know, allow yourself to miss a person. And so I guess. Sure.
1: They did sure. that to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. that Nothing like that two years away in Arkansas sex. Right. That's the best.
0: Like, well, I'm just here fending for our family.
1: Um, I just feel like. You because you said there wasn't a lot of money either. I just feel like I just feel like the third time you get pregnant, you go, oh no, it's oh no, we gotta switch yeah. holes or we gotta do something to like we cannot have that's five.
0: A, that's the thing. You do have another hole. You could have been messing of with course. the whole time. I should ask my mom. Should we get her on the phone? How sure. come you didn't go for <laughs> anal after that third kid? So
1: what changed where your mom said we gotta fucking go?
0: Uh. Sh- it was like in a moment of uh like throwing stuff kicking her violence physical violence where she said this is it like i think in that situation you're always thinking about it how could i leave she tried to leave a couple times and like move up to chicago but like you know it's hard to leave those situations it's really really hard and a lot with kids and people weren't taking her in honestly it's like she has family but like my mom was a burden, you know, and yeah. so it it was really too bad. I saw a couple of times where she did try to leave when she had two kids or she had three kids. And then eventually in this time, it was just ready. She was ready to actually do it and to to say, I don't care where we're going. I will find us a way that isn't here.
1: And OK, so you're 12. 12 yeah, 12. Your older sister is what? She's 13. This is these are young. These yeah. are young, 13, 12 and then younger, younger. 13, yeah, it
0: was like 13, 12, 9, 5 and 2. <laughs> so
1: I I I I'm just trying to like figure out how how she did. So she has a night, it's a terrible night. You guys yeah. are all in the house, just you go in the room and just you hear this thing. Do you are you shouting? Are you
0: He actually he's in the living room. He throws this incredibly large atlas book at my head. I duck and was he mad about something
1: specific or was he just yes of course
0: it's not anything that means anything it's like a tv like we wanted to watch something else that wasn't baseball Mm -hmm. you know and that just sets him off he's probably been drinking it goes to like one you know and then he throws something at my my mom who's holding my baby sister and like it just was enough where you know the you know i don't remember the day specifically there are like parts of it i remember like us all running in the car and like my dad leaving and
1: was it that night
0: it was like a day yeah Uh uh-huh
1: and is he fighting this at all is he not in the house so he
0: leaves after that and goes to the bar or whatever and then we tried to get ready while he was uh gone we thought okay we got a couple hours
1: and you were all on the same page no one said i want to stay with dad or i miss dad or what are we doing you were oh all God. gone
0: well the, the funny thing about it is like i'm 12 years old we're moving to chicago you know and we're like i'm like give me the fuck like we live in this house in the country that like barely has electricity it has like a water pump it's like we want to get the fuck out of here you, knew you know what
1: was out there you'd been to chicago yeah, because for- my
0: yeah because my family my my whole family lives in chicago you know okay Besides my immediate family. So I knew what was out there and I knew that like.
1: You're like, there's stores that are not associated with farming.
0: <laughs> exactly. That are just clothes. <laughs> exactly. Um, they, they probably have a really big farming fleet in Chicago.
1: And who took you in when you. My
0: grandma and my grandpa. Uh-huh. So we've lived with them for a couple months uh, and started. I started junior high in uh, right right outside of Chicago.
1: When you met kids in junior high, were you like trauma dumping right away? Were you like, hi, I just moved here from my abusive dad (laughs) in normal?
0: They, if you asked my friends, they might not even have any idea to this day. I Mm. never told them. And I always, I was just always like, I almost like alluded, like in a flirty way, that like I had like a cool dad, you know. And it's just like you guys haven't met him.
1: You should see my dad throws not yeah. with great accuracy, but really hard. Right,
0: he's great at baseball.
1: <laughs> uh, and it's, you stay with grandma and grandpa. Were they good? Good house? Were they? Yeah, good?
0: Yeah, great house. Like my grandparents.
1: And that's a nice, are awesome. That's, I mean, that, that's what that's what you should do as a grandma and grandpa. But still, it's a good good deed it's a mitzvah to take him well
0: they hated it they hated living with us of course there's five children coming in we're like all monsters (laughs) i mean that's wild yeah we're monsters uh yeah and then we we end up like you know then i basically have my second part of my growing up uh right outside of chicago
1: and this is right around puberty this is the whole this is
0: a good yeah it's a great time for like everything to be you know hitting the fan
1: and is that Did you see your dad again after that?
0: You know, it's really weird that we're having this conversation because I, I cut him out of my life. And then a year ago, I went to go see him and reunited with him. In normal? In outside, like actually like in the country, like in the place that we actually grew up outside of normal is like called Armington and there's no store. We lived outside of town. It's, it's nothing. It's a cornfield Uh 350 people and so I met with him uh and I so I I got to connect with him a little and like humanize him and like have a lot of empathy for the fact that like he grew up in a shitty situation and he was kind of just like doing that same thing you know when when he got older he was like basically doing what he could or what he knew and so um you know I got to humanize him and then, um, so funny cause I'm just meeting you and it's 10 AM, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then two days ago, so I go on, I went on a motorcycle dad, uh, r- I went on a motorcycle ride with my dad, you know, like while I was out there and stuff, uh, I made like a documentary about it. Uh huh. And then, uh, and then two days ago I find out that he's been like this horrible motorcycle accident. Oh my God. And so he was, sorry. no, I mean it's a very actually it's extremely weird because it's like this person who i like grew up like i wouldn't say despising but just being like that guy he's like out to lunch like he doesn't know how to raise his kids and like but then i had this moment with him and so he's he was like airlifted like they didn't know if he was going to make it and i think he's going to but it's like it's so it's so it's puts like his children in such a weird position too like because you should never like your kids should never be confused about like if something bad happens, like how they should feel. Yeah. You know, and like my other siblings, three of them have haven't seen him since they were kids. So it's like a strange telling them a stranger has been in a motorcycle accident. Um, but he's uh I think I think he's gonna pull through, which is awesome. Uh, because I you know, we had been texting for the last year. But also it's not just about me. I mean, I just like like how empathize with that sixty five.
1: Sixty-five. Mm-hmm. um Yeah, it's it's just because he also said he's in bomb fuck nowhere. So how long did it take for that helicopter to fucking airlift him? Yeah, exactly. Was helicopter?
0: I have no idea, and I still don't know how. We still don't know how it happened because it was at eight in the morning. I think it was like pretty early, but like my family's like, you know, there's a part of my family that's so white trash. Like they were just like so trashy that like. You know, there are funny moments in situations like this. Like, you know, my my stepmom immediately is like a conspiracy theorist and thought, like, you know, well, don't give him that. Don't tell anybody wh- which hospital he's at in case someone tries to go finish him off and like immediately thinks it's like some it's a hit. You know,
1: so would you say your stepmom his. But new-
0: well, yeah, but they're divorced now. Um, but yeah, she thinks that it's like an inside job or something.
1: That you're who, who is out <laughs> to get your dad?
0: Exactly. Who's out to get this guy that like lives in like a trailer in the country by himself, you know?
1: How is he was he doing? Did he have any money? Was he still living a same life? I mean
0: Last I heard he was living in a trailer behind her house, but I don't he might have moved into another place outside of uh I want to say it's like an hour from Nashville. Um and
1: is he in a coma right? Is he out right now? Have you He's out to of him? a coma. He's out of the coma. I think
0: I'm gonna go there on Sunday. I'm gonna fly to Nashville.
1: And do you feel, you know, my my father and I have a tough relationship, not not quite this tough. But, you know, it's it's uh he had heart surgery last year, and there is just there is a kind of automatic uh pipeline to emotion when you see someone in a hospital bed. Right. And you're just like I think for me, I just go like, someday I will be in a bed and death will be awaiting me. And I just want love. What else can you want in that moment? Right. Do you, are you, do you get very emotional seeing him like that? I mean, this is, it's been so long.
0: Yeah. It's, I've seen a photo of him. My sister sent me a photo because she's in contact with him, my older sister, and she went to the hospital. And yeah, it's like, You know, my dad was always a big, strong guy for better, for worse, like my entire life. And so to see him like that is super tough. But I'm telling you, the emotions are all over the place where it's like, yes, I'm sad. Yes, I'm empathetic. And then like you immediately relate it to your relationship with that person. And I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to just like compartmentalize like that this person is like hurting. Um, But it's 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 wild.
1: Do you feel, I I feel like the hardest thing about my dad getting older is like, there's nothing left, there's nothing left to do with my anger towards him because he's so weak. Right. So there's nothing, there's so, I just have to kind of have that exist and there's nothing to do with it. And like, there was a time when my dad was in his fifties where I could fucking yell, we could yell and he's a yeller. Right. I could like get some kind of cathartic moment of like, fuck you. Right, but now it it would be it would be like yelling at an old and my dad's my dad's older my dad's uh, uh, gonna be seventy in January. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do with those? You
0: know, they. I. It's interesting when like there's like a. I've heard a lot of people that have dads, and it's like you know you grew up yelling and fighting with them and stuff and then they're i don't know someone was like and then their testosterone levels go down or whatever and it's, it's like yeah and they become like a different person and a lot of times they become like a shell of a human because i just think that they have fought so much in their like you know 20s 30s 40s that it's just like nothing affects them and i i like I was not angry at my dad, Uh you know, this even this whole time that he hasn't been here. I felt really bad for him. And, I mean, I felt for him. I felt worse for my mom. But, like, I feel like, oh, my God, that's, like, so horrible that you can have you have all these children doing these, like, great things and you can't even experience it because you can't even, like, step up to the plate. And that's, like, sad. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Does your mom
0: give a shit? She's, you know – I, she does give a shit, but she's – her emotions are all over the place too because she's – I think she's just trying to, like, f- figure out her emotions still because, of course, she sad. She was, like, obviously in love with him. She keeps having kids with this guy that keeps leaving, you know. She was – Yeah. You know. She thought <laughs> – yeah, she's – I'm yeah. not sure how she feels about it yet.
1: Um, well, I'm sorry about your dad. Oh, my God. That's he- –
0: it's so interesting that I haven't even told – I I have, like, friends who have been, like, texting and calling me that don't know, like, what's going on right now. And yeah. I just can't even meet the energy of, like, you know, uh, I can't even tell them yet. So it's
1: – Well, that's what podcasts are for. You know, you can send them a <laughs> link to this episode and you go, here's how I'm doing. I give it yeah. a listen.
0: I, I'm just imagining you, like, trying to cut this video into something funny. I'm like, you're going to need a lot of sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> what about my,
1: my dad got into a motorcycle accident Boing, oing, 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 oing. it's <laughs> like oh, yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, put some fun font on there get some comic sans no that's the
1: that's the that's 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 what i wanted out of a podcast i right. think we totally try to find yeah something in it i just just for people who are tuning in uh, this is The Downside, where we talk about the negatives and and uh, ex- explore people's lives, but in an honest way. Um, if you do like the show, check out, uh, we have live uh, shows on Amazon's new AMP app, 4 to 5 p.m. EST every Tuesday. Or you can listen to those shows mm-hmm. after the fact. These shows, commercial-free and old, bonus episodes on the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. That Jesus. was a little promo.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Um. So okay, so you're 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 in this new high high school. You're starting high school in Chicago. Junior, it
0: was junior high, yeah. Junior high. Then I went to what is
1: junior high? Seven, eight. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't go by that. Did where, you go middle school? Up, it was yeah. It was middle school, mm, high school. Yeah, totally. I know
0: my wife always gets very like weird about it when I say junior high because I'll say like, "Well, you went to junior high there." She's like, "I we don't have junior high out here."
1: Where's your wife from? Here. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah got mm-hmm. it. Um, and. Were you able to make friends with the city kids, the city slickers?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I made friends pretty quickly. I was like,
1: because you were doing sports.
0: I did sports. I tried everything in uh growing up. Really, I basically I tried everything but theater. So,
1: <laughs> is that strange? Do you look back and go like, why didn't I?
0: I was so nervous. It's like, really? to me, yeah, it was I a horrible stage fright. There was no way I was going to try that. Yeah. The fact that I'm a stand-up, like, I would never have imagined that.
1: But what's funny is, like, I played basketball and I had stage fright on the court. Like, I... I get that. And and so for me, it's like, that is a stage. In fact, it's right. one where you cannot fake your ability. right. I, I, I did one where like I missed, I was like the tall guy. Mm. So like I got the ball a lot and I missed every shot one game, every shot. And the coach said like, what he was, he was this coach who was like, he's like, what the fuck was that? It was, he was, it was cool that he cursed at that age. (laughs) Right. And I was like, there were two girls in the, in the, in the rad things who were watching me. And he was like, well, you're never going to get those girls. if You keep missing those shots. And I was like, "Oh God, I hate sports." He's like forever. you
0: really got me. Were you calling halftime intermission at that time? Or
1: were- <laughs> <laughs> I auditioned. I got a call back for the team.
0: There were two girls I in the, the audience
1: <laughs> for the layups. Um, no, I was just dreadful. I was just lazy. I didn't like to be. This relates to now me kind of being like I was late to Barry's boot camp. There is a very direct correlation between I was a lazy kid, and like. Something about the moment I feel I'm my foot's off the gas, I go like I'm that again. Or I like I resent that. I resent the position that lazy kid put me in kind of later in life.
0: Right. Is it is there such thing though as like a lazy, ambitious person? Because I feel that a lot. I think so. Right.
1: I think I think sometimes people think of me as a workaholic, and I'm like, I think I'm always like working. Right, but within that work, I do it so much because I'm doing it halfway, and that's why I need all this time. To oh, work.
0: got it. Yeah, there. I relate to that a lot. I uh-huh. feel like I do so many things, so it's like put, you know, pushing, pushing everything up the hill. But it's like one. There's like five things. Yes, where everybody. I mean, do, do people tell you to pick a lane? Because that's I get it all the time. Pick sure. a lane. But yeah. this is
1: why I think I like writing stand up because I, I I really write it out and I like. I just bounce from chunk to chunk to chunk. And the moment I kind of get stuck here, I just move over here. Right. And I think that's something about stand-up fed into the way I really like to work. Where if right. I was working like a novel, I just can't even imagine. Because I go, well, I have to. There's nowhere else to go but here. Mm-hmm. I can't go to this fucking section. Right. Um,
0: stand-up is good. I mean, it's like – I feel like it's like a good a good thing for workaholics. Because you always – You you never master. No one ever masters stand up. You just always have to keep working at it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to master. (laughs) Just a few more years. As I can.
1: Um, we had God. So I did these shows at Hollywood Improv, and the first show, and when you headline and it's like a tough audience, and people told me the small room and the improv can be tough, but I'm always like, I never. I've heard too many comics. They talk about the room and the audience, and you're like. Shut the fuck up. You like, watch this. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm just like, talk about your joke. I'm just like, stop oh, blaming. Oh, you mean on the stage. They're just oh, just okay. like after, they're like, oh, that audience sucked. And I'm like, right. there's a part of me that I'm like, you can never do this. Never blame anyone but yourself. It's right. always you. Mm-hmm. And I had I had a tough show, the first show. At the lab? Yeah, it was just like, these, yeah. I, I got to some of these dark jokes. And again, this is me blaming the, I go like, LA with some of these dark jokes can be tough. Yeah. Maybe right, maybe wrong, but- You have I'll have a headlining set And if it's a real tough show I get halfway through And I go Fuck I don't know what to do I don't know how to fill in The rest of this time Mm -hmm. And then I go I'm not a headliner I can't do it I spiral Immediately Yeah And And thank God The second show was Was good Adam Sandler Popeye to a feature But
0: Oh yeah, I saw yeah. that. There's a uh I think there's ghosts in the improv lab. I've actually been here long enough that I've seen like three different stages there and it's always so at first it was set up and it looked more like you would do improv on that. Like we used to do sketch shows there. Really? Yeah, and so and there was no bar and it was more like a black box theater and so it's always had that same energy. It's always had like I mean, we like Dana Carvey would pop in and like, or like, you know, big comics and couldn't get the crowd. I'm like, this is like, this place is spooky. Uh-huh. There's something wrong with this. Sure. This energy. Sure. I. Uh- so in that case, it is the room. I think with the improv lab, anytime someone says I, when I went to Chicago, I did like zanies and I'm calling, you know, it's like texting and calling my friends. i was like, this fucking sucks. I hate stand up this show sucks and they're like yeah you're at zany's on a monday night in chicago (laughs) like let's not forget we came up in chicago and that that crowd sucks oh
1: my god i did zany's rosemont and i wasn't allowed to advertise i was there because i had another show in chicago in like a month or something yeah so it's billed as the secret (laughs) headliner night oh my gosh and there were like eight people there and in my head i don't know what i thought but i was like I'm gonna crush with these eight people, and I did not. <laughs> and I just, oh, the highs and lows. Uh, my my girlfriend, uh, she's 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 in she's a manager, but she Adam Sandler's wife was there while he was performing, mm-hmm. and she was taking copious notes. <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, "Fuck, what are you doing? You're setting this horrible bar for me that I gotta go take some notes in the back." Uh, but it was very funny. It was very sweet to see it. And very, you know, it's nice. It's nice to have a comedy too. I don't know if his wife is in comedy or just she, like.
0: She's an act. They met because she's an actress. And oh, yeah? I think she's been in a couple of his like latest movies too. Sure. Yeah. Did you see his special that was on Netflix? A hundred percent I think Fresh? I watched like it it in beat pieces. But yes. It I was one it of my favorite specials of like the last decade. Really? Yeah. I thought it was so innovative and like. Uh, there were moments of it he really tapped into like without it being like feeling like there was a story like it was a one-man show he like yeah. tapped into like vulnerability like i'm crying here uh-huh. i'm like laughing here i don't really care about this one and that's fine <laughs> i think what he has
1: which is like rare for people at that level of fame is like he doesn't come off as a shitload of ego He he seems to really like and he was up there. He was in basketball shorts, and as he does. But like, Sandler. I feel like he Sandler
0: core, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And maybe it's you know, if I'm sure, it's partially an act. But there's a degree of like, you don't get that sense of him being like, "I'm the greatest. I'm the great. I'm the I'm the goat for <laughs> for white straight white guys who like who to have, get high and who watch like guitars." Bill yeah,
0: no, um, he's very uh, you know, I've played basketball with him a couple of times out here, and. You could tell, like you know, like I could probably tell that you're a great guy, just the way that you play basketball, even if it is like missing every shot. I'd be like you probably have a really good personality, really, you know? yeah, like you could, and there are a lot of comedians who play basketball I out know. here, it, no it makes and me some wanna... people fly off, you know, and oh. you go, "Are you okay in there, you know sure. but adam sandler he's very he's very giving on the court, and he's a great passer. And he'll pass before he shoots. Like he's just like a good teammate, and so uh, that's how I judge him. Like watch him like have all these bodies under his fingers. Like I thought he was a great person because the way he played basketball. But he, uh, no, he's he's great. He's uh, he's got like street ball finesse. When we're off the mic, I want to hear what comedians say. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> and you're like, dude, this isn't your. You don't have to be good at this. I love doing other things. That I don't have to feel like, oh, I need to be good. Right. Because I feel that with certain things very strongly. So if I'm going to play basketball, I'm going to have fun.
0: What about Barry's boot camp? Are you feeling like, is there like a system where you know you're like the highest number? Like-
1: uh, I don't need to compete with the class per se. I like, the, I like the competition. Like if I'm doing like a Peloton, I like seeing the people's names. And, and I just like to go like, oh, I want to like stay above this person. Just right. motivation. But I think, Barry's. it's just about like, you know, uh, when you're on the treadmill, they'll say, all right, we're going to let's let's do a run from seven, eight or nine. And I know if I'm like really going at it, if I'm at nine, if I'm at the top of that range. every time. So it's an internal battle. And it's more just like playing games with how bored I am. Right. And like if you like I've been on a really weird. I don't know what it is, but, like, I was a big Dragon Ball Z kid. And I, I'm not into any – like, I see the new stuff, and it feels like they've, they've ruined everything. But, like, I'm still – like, I still watch it, and it taps into some weird nostalgia thing. So, like, I'm running, and I, there's a mirror right there. And it's just, like, I'm trying to, like, interest myself, and I think of myself, like, going super insane. <laughs> right. In my mind. And I'm like, that's so that's what I do
0: mm-hmm. for
1: Barry's Boot Camp. Okay, but for basketball, I think I would have a fun time. I think I'd be a terrible teammate. I think it's. I I tried once in basketball. I sprained my ankle comically fast. Ten seconds into the game, I was out.
0: You can't be like uh, basketball is just not one of those sports where you can just be like, I'll try it out, like with like a five on five. You know, it's just like, first of all, everyone's gonna be mad immediately, and Uh no one's gonna pick you on their team. But then also, you might get injured immediately, which is the worst. Sure,
1: I. I don't know what I don't know what changed in me because when I was in middle school, I was just bad at sports, and no one could get me out of that funk. I was late. I just soccer with I was defense. If the ball's on the other side of the field, I would lay down on the field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I almost got like a C or almost failed out of soccer. And I don't know what it because I look back at athletics, like I went to birthright. Before I knew Israel had any problems, mm-hmm. and there was like a sports day, and this was like after I had be started working out, right? And I was really excited to like finally be able to be a part of this and like be like race with someone and 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 I don't know why I couldn't tap into that as a kid, right? And I was envious of the, the people. I mean, sports is such a great way to make friends.
0: It is, and
1: and I just I couldn't do it. You
0: sound like you. My brother was, I mean, maybe you guys are the same age, but it, it feels, I mean, he was also into everything, laying on the soccer field, uh-huh. uh, Dragon Ball Z, you know, like all of that and, and super introverted. And he also just started to like kind of work out because he was never into, he played badminton on the girls' badminton team in high school, you know. So was he, there
1: only a girls' badminton yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. So like he couldn't compete, but he was like on the team, but he just couldn't compete when the games would come up. Uh-huh. Uh, or matches or whatever. And and so he uh he just started working out and he's starting to get like kind of buff. But for him, it's like I think a lot of people do find this like new, like, oh my gosh, this is like something that I completely missed out on. Like, let me try this now that like I feel that same way about learning because I hated school growing up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh man, I really wish that like. I tapped into that earlier. But then at the same time, I probably wouldn't be a comedian.
1: Sure. We all. Maybe. we could go back. We all want to go back. Right. Redo everything. Uh, so, okay. You're doing sports. Um, when did you come out as gay?
0: Oh, t- 20, 24, something 24. like that. Yeah. It was like I started comedy first and then – got into gay
1: what is like because i i know because i do a lot of theater right so i feel like anyone who comes out after college at least at least in my in my understanding mm-hmm. of just knowing it and more with men i've I've known more men than right. come out over the years it feels like where do you think if we were to look at the graph of when mm-hmm. people come out in life is it college is that the top is 24 late yeah yeah
0: but maybe not – maybe it's different for like I – like my brother came out at 17. And I sure. think for like guys, maybe it is like a bit different.
1: I feel like – or I just always wonder – I also wonder if as hopefully we move as a progressive society, whether it becomes earlier and yeah. earlier. College
0: There's- is probably – college is probably the right time anyway. Like for me, I I didn't know. Like I pro- I would have come out if I knew. But I had like boyfriend. I was like really, really busy lifting weights with my boyfriends you know <laughs> I was playing basketball this I met my college boyfriend oh that's so yeah. funny
1: that's so funny listen it's just, funny spot. When you, it's just when you look back when you look back and you go oh yeah obviously right I love I love watching early Ellen DeGeneres stand-up tapes where she's in the baggiest suit you've ever seen in the world and she's talking about how much she hates dating and you're like <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Helen. yeah. I guess What's you're that? almost there, right?
1: Um, when you is that what it did, is that what it felt like when you look back at all your boyfriends?
0: I, you know, all of them did that thing where they said, "Are you sure you're not a lesbian?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not a lesbian." You know, so there did you were feel signs. sensitive? Were you like,
1: "Shut up," or were you like, "No, oh, shut up, get that dick out." I <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, come here. Yeah, no, it was like uh i was i wasn't sensitive about it i just thought like i didn't even let that seep in you know i was just like no here's another person telling me i'm a lesbian no sure. you know it's probably Seems with you to no no but the, there were many the signs
1: 34 is when I go, yeah.
0: hold on yeah th- you know there were signs but I. Uh, when I started comedy, it like tapped into, like I said, I had horrible stage fright. So it tapped into this like insane vulnerability where I was just like broken open. And then that's like someone flirted with me basically. And I thought about it for a second. I go, wait, oh, maybe that is, maybe I should follow that feeling. And so I, when I came out, I was already doing stand up and talking about my boyfriend and my set the whole time. And it was really hard for me to transition from being like, someone who's talking about my boyfriend and my set to, like... There were years of not talking about dating at all. Yeah. Because I just could not make that, like, I'm gay on stage. So I just didn't talk... I mean...
1: It's funny because because everyone who does comedy knows how long it can take to really fine-tune a joke. And it <laughs> is funny where, like, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm gay. But I just... I'm still talking good jokes are still about this boyfriend.
0: Right. Fucking dudes. Yeah.
1: Like that's, there There can be a real delay.
0: Exactly. In that
1: kind of stuff.
0: And, and as you know, the scene knew me as straight. And so like the comedy scene to me was like harder to come out to than my family, you uh-huh. know? And so, uh, because there is something to like being a lesbian in up, you're like, here comes another one, you know? And it feels like, It doesn't feel special and it's another, especially back then, you're putting a show together, you have one girl on the show and you can't have two gay people on a show back then. So, so I'm putting myself in like, I'm getting less and less shows the more that I'm coming out as being myself because it's like, okay, maybe we'll have two girls, but we're not going to have two lesbians on the show, you know? And so you're just like, oh geez, I'm never, I I just have to produce my own show.
1: Sure. that's. I just remember when I booked a weekly show and I tried to think like honestly about like what, what were the, I think my only policy was just because it was me and another straight white guy were producing. It was just like only one more straight white. And that was the only, that was probably the only driving policy. And anything right. beyond that was just like, we did it yeah we did it.
0: yeah it's it yeah it was i mean there used to be no no one had any qualms about like just having you know eight straight white men on the show and yeah and to be honest like that time in chicago that like that was most of the uh m- most of the scene was straight white guys
1: sure and to be fair if you look at touring there is a thing where like you know the uh, white guys might complain in, in like a new york scene and be like you know they're they're not getting booked as much, or they 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 feel that way, and I'm like, well, then go on the road and look at the national touring scene, because I promise you, the tour, most of these clubs are still very fine with having ten mm-hmm. weekends in a row of straight white guys. Yeah. So it's like people that complain about a local scene. You're like, oh, there's still there's still a place for you.
0: Yeah, and this, for you, you huh? know, and it it hurts to say this, but like you you know, anytime I'm like upset that I didn't get something, I'm like, well, I'm not like, sometimes it is because you're just not good enough yet. Sure. You know, and it's like, maybe you weren't out for the job, but also like, you know, they're not going to like pass you by if you're the greatest stand-up. Sure.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: If you're the best, it will be recognized. Yeah. You're just not there yet. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and, and then once you, do you, do you remember like the moment did you have that like so i recently realized i was gay
0: like, i yeah i that? remember like it, i i think it came in oh i had this joke that was like uh <laughs> i really tiptoed into it i had this joke that was like I'm single, ladies and gentlemen, and in that order, and like so, I would do that at the beginning so you, of the so set. So you
1: started as like I'm by in the set <laughs> yeah, first, Let exactly. <laughs>
0: and then it would go to like after that joke, just be like, uh "I that's an old joke, but my girlfriend uh loves that joke because it makes her appear to be single or something like that. Like uh-huh. you know, so then I was like admitting I had a girlfriend and. For a long time, it was like, you know, actually using like they them pronouns with my jokes. So I'd be like, I was holding their hand because I didn't want to say that like the joke was actually written about my boyfriend, but I didn't want people to know I was gay. Sure. Yeah. So it was like a lot of, a lot of that. And then people would be like, you know, I I just think I thought I was like, you know, I, I like thought nobody whole, could tell.
1: A whole hour where every time you talk about your partner, it's they there. Yeah, and I mean, I guess these days people would would just assume that that was their pronouns, but there would be a time where they'd be like, "Oh, who who are you dating?" Yeah, and you're just like,
0: "Yeah, I need this yeah, act to work at
1: all over the country. Right? I'm a touring comedian. You know
0: what's great? You know what's great about stand up is they love when they can't figure you out at all. You know?
1: We had. Uh, do you know Ashley Gavin?
0: Uh, I've I've actually heard of her because when I'm on the road, like she, like oh, we yeah. were on the road at the same time at a lot of clubs.
1: Sure. Uh, she has a podcast. We're having gay sex. I believe is what it's called. But it's but she talks about when she would do cruise ships for the family shows. Ooh. They told her you can't be gay on these shows, and so essentially she would do that with her yeah. vocal material.
0: Oh my god, it's so wild. She got. I'm sure she's on the Olivia cruise lines now. Got to get to the lesbian cruises. Is that what?
1: That's mm-hmm. what's called the Olivia. Yeah. Have you done them?
0: No, God, no! I'm never going on a cruise. Really, I feel I've like got, I feel like
1: I feel like a a, a gay cruise would.
0: No, I'm be, not going on the boat. Like oh, that's on the boat, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not dying on a lesbian cruise.
1: You're scared of dying. I'm scared on a of a cruise. Cru- yeah,
0: I could never go on a cruise. I
1: really they're, everything. They're, not, of, they're safer than planes. I never feel scared on a cruise. Right.
0: I everything about it makes. I've, I've just watched too many of those documentaries like inside of this, uh, what it's really like to be on a cruise ship. And I'm like, oh my God, people are dying and they're just like in a room downstairs.
1: I heard a comedian talk about just the people, who, the number of people who fall overboard and they're drunk usually. But like what happens, like the idea of like, could you save them? And it's like, no, they got sucked into the engine that's down there. That's moving this gigantic thing. Right. It's a deadly engine.
0: Yeah. And it sucked them in and they're like Disney cruises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aboard, all aboard.
1: <laughs> um well before we go to our last part I, I do want to you have you have this kid now?
0: Yeah. How old's your kid? 3. She just three. turned 3. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh you carried the kid? Yeah. And forgive my my ignorance no, was, okay. was it a, a a sperm donor?
0: Yeah, it's a sperm donor. Our really good friend actually. <gasps> Really? Yeah, so it, we have a great situation for us. He's in, uh, you know, he's a friend. He's at our house all the time. He's a great guy. He lives here in L.A. Went
1: and to college
0: with my wife.
1: How did you, so do you, you asked him together?
0: Sam asked him, which was cool.
1: <laughs> was, was it an automatic, like, sure. Did you talk about, what did you talk, I mean, you, since you're friends, you must have talked about, well, what's his role?
0: So he was very responsible about it. Sam asked him, and he was going through um, a breakup. And Good time to ask. I know. It was like Lost, such, he needs bad, something. such bad timing. But it was so sweet because he said, like, you know, later it said, like, you know, I was in this position where I felt, like, unwanted. And then somebody was, like, coming here and being like, no, we actually want more of you in the world. Like, we it love is, you. It is
1: very... It is very flattering. I never really thought of it that it is flattering and someone's like, you're something about you. We're, we Yeah.
0: And I, my thinking, like, we looked at sperm banks and stuff, but like, I wanted to know that like, they can look me in the eye and talk to me and you can't get that off of like the stat list. And I just wanted to like, you just want someone to be like a good person and you know, at first I thought when I get in there I'm going to get somebody who's like above six five. I'm going to get like I'm going to get myself a little point guard at least. You uh-huh. know, and you're looking at these stats and you're like, oh, these are all important. And my wife's like, oh, and the, this one went to Ivy League or whatever. And then truly, you just go, don't you just want to know that this person is like uh, a good person? Like that's it.
1: Sure. <laughs> I think the cynic in me goes like, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. The this is a lottery. Right. This is a lottery, and you could you could have Hitler's sperm and it could be the nicest person ever. Like right. you just don't.
0: Yeah, you know. and and you wonder what is environment and what is genetic. And you know, it just so happens he also is like extremely hot. So like that's uh
1: uh-huh. that that is sure. <laughs> so that's that seems... you know,
0: that's really important to me. Um, no, it's like he's he's a great guy. We have a great situation.
1: What what was the discussion? Because I think in my mind, like there's part of me that's like, oh. If a friend of mine wants to do this, it seems very cool. It seems very beautiful.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Then there's another part of me that goes, what is my role in this kid's life? Is this kid going to resent me in any way? Is this kid going to one day be like, expect some kind of parental thing from me? Like I'm entering something. Big. right
0: you also don't know how you're gonna feel like if what if you know what if you see that baby and you're so attached and it's like you want more from the relationship mm-hmm. that you thought you you know more than you thought
1: and then he's round and then your kid calls him dad And you're right like, what's going on yeah a three person
0: there's a lot of like uh yeah there's a lot of questions but then it's weird because like when you're in it and then you're having the baby and stuff you don't like you think about all those questions before and then you're in it And there's no time for that sort of thing. And you just know like, okay, this, this child is so loved and, and the situation we have is perfect for us. Yeah. And, and so all of that, all of those worries kind of like went out the window. We, trust me, like my wife and I talked about it a lot, you know,
1: I think, I mean, I don't know if you felt this way given your, your family situation, but because I had witnessed so much divorce. I feel like if I ever – if I ever had a kid, I would be kind of obsessed with, like, the contingency plans because I feel like breakups, divorces, friendships ending, whatever, with this situation adds a whole new element. Right. That, like, you really – you have to trust the person's character because breakups can bring out the worst in people by definition. Like, do you trust – do you trust this friend if you guys I mean it's so hard.
0: I know was
1: it, he there for the delivery?
0: He came afterwards. Yeah, I I didn't let anybody in the and this was like pre-covid but oh, sure. I didn't let anybody in there anyway. So it's like you know enough people had looked at my vagina at that point like leading up to the birth that Uh i was like get the fuck out of here you're not gonna watch me take a shit before i have a baby because that's what happens and uh
1: is it no matter what like shit yeah it's like always
0: happening yeah they don't even tell you the doctor the only reason i know is because i my wife was i was like don't look down there and of course she like looked and i was like did i just poop and she said yeah oh my god (laughs) God. But that was the thing I was most... And from most, the side, you rarely see yeah, poop at that Yeah, I know. And she was like, it happened so fast. And the doctor just... Like, they know what to do. They just go like this. Because he's telling me, push like you're going poop. And so there's... That was the thing I was worried about Dude, leading you're up. You're not going
1: to fool me, doctor. I know what you're doing. Yeah, you
0: yeah. It. I'm going to push like I'm going pee. And... uh <laughs> i was so worried about that i thought oh my god how am i like what if i poop the whole time i'm not like what if i die during childbirth i'm like what if i poop what if i poop and then yeah so now when i'm on stage i tell everybody listen you poop like just fuck just get over it i
1: feel like no one's i feel like no one's explored that you know knocked up had like a pretty funny birthing scene and they had a shot of the baby coming out but no one's ever done just like just poop just yeah. everywhere yeah i know I mean, it'll be intense
0: <laughs> it's just a lot it's like it what it does to your body like i'm so happy i don't have it on film because i would like it it is so gnarly
1: yeah you know and in terms of i i'm just so fascinated by it. It, this friend yeah this sperm donor how how involved does i mean i feel like you need you a thing that they'd have to have is someone who can understand natural boundaries. They have to have an understanding of it,
0: right? And you know, he doesn't want kids, uh-huh. and so that helps. I think it would be tough if then you're in a relationship later and like, oh, let's have our own children, and like that's always like a big conversation piece. I'm sure for there's.
1: This. Is he straight or gay? He's gay. Okay. Yeah. I just. I mean, not that could still be a thing, right. but I can certainly imagine. Right. Many women I would date. Who would, including my girlfriend, who would not be cool. Right. That I had a kid with someone else. However, that happened. Right.
0: Having a kid is, you know, it's a risk. And uh, having a kid with a donor, you have all these added elements. But, like, I have never known a kid that has, like, as much love as she has. Like, True. with his parents also love her. And it's just, like, I, so I know she's fine, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I. What I like is like she she won't have the she won't have to go searching for the information. And sure. that was important to us.
1: There's there's a comedian named Laura High who's who's a sperm donor and she talks about I think there's a real challenge of Sunday's information about sperm donors or 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 you know, there's there's just the question of if they want to be anonymous, is that fair? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very complex. Nuanced stuff that in a country that can't even agree on basic medical care to figure out feels
0: right. It only now started to be covered by like you know the WGA and stuff with like fertility, uh, fertility Medicare or whatever it's called. It's like it only started to be covered. I think like after I had the baby. But
1: uh, did he go somewhere on his own? Come in a cup and they. It was it? the
0: same place that we were getting uh, you know checkups and stuff, but. Uh-huh yeah was he it went in the same there.
1: day as
0: uh, was it's it... not the same day then they put it on ice they put it on yeah, ice. yeah and then because then you have to like wait for like you know when you're ovulating and like you have to go in a few times it's like a huge yeah it's like a huge process because we ever didn't go... do the turkey baster thing you know Is the, like,
1: that's an option too
0: yeah you can like just do it at home
1: And you just do it real quick
0: yeah or like people have done it real quick uh you know like sabrina Julius talks about like putting uh the sperm under her armpit to keep it warm and then she and then they got pregnant on the first try but they you could also like, put it on do ice do they ever go like oh you
1: guys are friends you know it would be easy yeah
0: I, we always joke around that we we're gonna do it the natural way um just imagining how horrible that would be for everybody involved <laughs> and then having to explain this is how you were made honey <laughs> Oh, there's something beautiful. I
1: guess two gay people,
0: two gay people, just doing it
1: for the baby. It was
0: really hard for him to get it up, and then finally he did, and that's how you were born, sweetheart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, well, let's go on to our uh, our next segment. This has got to stop. We have music at home. I I never bring the cues with me. Oh, yeah. But that's how it goes. This has got to stop. Do you have something that's got to stop? Something, something, anything in the world that's bothering you, bugging you. it needs to go away. Um, it could be wedding registries. It could be a, a, a phrase people use. Airplane things. Anything.
0: Yeah, I don't like when um, this is only done by guys that work at coffee shops. But like, if I go up there, it's like a way to flirt. But if I go up there, I'm like, can I get like a ice oat milk latte? No. No. And I'm like, what? And it, it makes me stop for agree. a second. I hate 100% that agree. joke. Yeah. And I never give it to them. I go, what? And then they're like, just kidding. And and I just go, how much is it? You know, I never give it to them. Uh, I hate it.
1: I know. It's it's bad humor. It's it's a form of uh I think whenever something's a real bad joke, it usually traces back to not, and that's what it is. Not, it's a yeah. total even, even with stand up comics. Sometimes I want to tell them like that joke you're telling, the, the crux of the joke is you say something, and then you go, no. Right. And that's a lie, not a joke. <laughs> right. Um. Yes, I totally, I'm trying to think of other things. I guess you're right. I feel like I've had men do it to me too. And maybe it's flirty. I've never it's... had
0: a woman do it to me. Yeah. Yet. But I will feel like the world is truly equal when a woman makes that bad joke to my face.
1: <laughs> I think I do get, uh, sometimes I'll get, if I ask for like a, a red eye, mm-hmm. they go, Whoa, you're you're uh you real sleepy or something. I'm like none of your fucking business. Yeah, how I'm feeling. I'm at the coffee shop. Everyone here is sleepy.
0: I just there's something about that the hackiness. It's the just like the the lack of creativity for me.
1: Yeah. So you hear that, Barista? You've had it too fucking good for too long. <laughs> Go home, write some jokes, <laughs> and maybe you'll get some better tips from me and Mo. Um, Let's go into our final segment. Mm-hmm. You better count mm-hmm. your blessing. Uh we have a much better sound cue here that again I don't have. Uh it's but we're gonna say one thing we're thankful for. Um mm-hmm. uh, I, I I do you do you have something as I
0: if you have something, go ahead. Sure.
1: I uh I I did this show, uh Love It or Leave It at Dynasty Typewriter. And um I guess it is a pretty popular show because it's one it's one of those. As you know you've you've been on t v there there's certain things that you do that like people from your past reach out and you go, "Oh, this is a a level that's a where very
0: popular show other
1: people yeah and um uh, a guy named Eric Lind who went to my high school uh reached out and uh he was like, "Oh my God, you're a love or leave it we did like we did a little shop of horrors together, and he was the plant and uh it's it's uh I think one nice thing about doing this kind of work where your job is essentially to be seen is that, and maybe it's not healthy, but you you get to like have these kind of brief connections with your past. And the reason I'm, it might not be healthy, because the connection is an old person being like, hey, you're amazing. Right. And you're like, great. Everyone from my past now knows that I'm great, and it's all cool. And I don't think that's healthy, but it is cool. He came to the taping. And it's like I'd get to see this like guy from high school who I would have never probably seen in any of those circumstances. One day I would have been like, "Do you talk to Eric?" And they'd be like, "Eric died twenty years ago, but he's alive and he's well,
0: right?" And And, he's uh, listening to me. He's watching me. This podcast. now. Yeah, Um, I think you're right. It does. uh, It it keeps a conversation alive with people that you you might not. And I think that is a good. That is a very positive thing.
1: Yeah. Do do you have after you did like Conan people reached out?
0: Yeah, were it was
1: complimentary. Or were they weird? Well, I had
0: this uh, my high school boyfriend reached out and he was like he sent me this email. He's like, oh, my god, I'm so proud of you for doing Conan. That's so great. I told my mom and she said she never thought you were funny. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And then I just emailed back. Well, you could tell her I never thought she was funny. <laughs> and that's all I emailed back. Good but- for
1: you. Yeah, I was good like, for you. I have a bad tendency of going. <laughs> 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 ah! Thanks for sharing that with me. Good for you. I hope he told her mom, and I hope her mom cried, and I yeah. hope her mom wished she had been on Conan. Yeah,
0: I am like, what a negative thing to bring into a congratulatory like uh, email. Thank you.
1: Do, when when you are, do your old boyfriends do they ever? Would you see them? And now that you've come out, do they ever go? Do the ones who said, "Are you a lesbian?" Do they go like, ah, "I knew it," they called it.
0: You know, to my credit, they were heartbroken. Really? <laughs> no, I had this. Uh, this guy I didn't talk to my college boyfriend. Didn't take talk to me for forever. And recently, a couple months ago, had text or like found me on Instagram and was very sweet and was like, "I'm really proud of you," because I started comedy when we were dating and uh he said i'm really proud of you and all that you've done i hope you're doing well and and i just thought that's extremely sweet that's the way to do it
1: but my mom said <laughs> you'll never get pussy
0: my mom said she knew you were a dyke the whole time <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i i just remember i dated dated i i wished i could have dated but it was uh, she was bi and i remember when she wasn't into me I she was like bi, but like generally dated women, and I was comforted by the fact. In a moment, where I was like, "I think I did a thing toxic." Sure, I said, uh, "She's you know she's she's a lesbian," right? And then <laughs> she like got married to a man, and
0: I was like, "No, yeah, no, God, she must be. You don't like me because you're definitely a lesbian." I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I'm sure that's an emotional thing. People who date people who are bi that get left, they go like, "Oh well, she's not into." it's me
0: yeah there's also something to like when i was in my 20s you know i hated telling guys that would like gross guys that would hit on you like at a bar like i hated telling them that i was gay because i wanted to be like no the reason i'm actually denying you you Mm. know i didn't want to give them that like oh that's why you're not into me i wanted to be like no it's actually just because of your general aura like you know your your personality
1: you could say you know what now i'm gay yeah (laughs) I wasn't yeah. when I met you. Now I'm gay. Now so I'm realizing
0: wasn't. all these signs. Yeah. It's yeah, they uh that was fun in my twenties. Do
1: mm. you have blessing?
0: Oh my god, blessing. Uh I almost said oat milk and I just can't be that LA yet. <laughs>
1: that uh, is really LA.
0: It is. Um let me I mean, I I guess uh, since everything that we've talked about, I, it's a blessing. I, I think uh, motorcycle helmets are a blessing.
1: And he was wearing a helmet.
0: He was wearing a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, motorcycles, like everyone always says, don't drive a motorcycle. They're so dangerous. People get into accidents. It's like, it's just one of those things where you go, yeah, you're on a motorcycle. But motorcycle helmets.
1: When you rode the motorcycle with your dad, were you riding it with him?
0: Yeah, I was on the back.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's such, it's so, like, I I get, like, someone riding a motorcycle and, like, riding on the back. It's so sexy. It's so, I mean. Oh, it I, was sexy. <laughs> but there is something so, like, you are, I, I flew in a plane, a, a private plane as a comedy club owner, had a little plane. And I just thought in that moment, like, your my life is in your hands. I'm. I wouldn't say like I'm in love with you now, but like there is now a position where you are my leader, right? Because and and there's something about that. with You're the right. Motorcycle. It's scary
0: and sexy. It's yeah. the riskiness of like, yeah, I'm flying private, but this might be my last. You know, yeah. So of course, pick up
1: for for helmets and comedy club owners and comedy club owners. Yes. Um. And this episode is coming out October fourth. Is there anything right. you'd like to plug? I think so.
0: Yes. Uh, in Chicago, I'm going to be at the Lincoln Lodge taping my album. Uh, October. 8th and october 24th in la i'm actually going to be filming the stand-up portion to the documentary that i made about meeting my dad so if you want to hear more about my relationship with my dad come on out to that that's at the lodge room but you can just check out my my website or my socials has your
1: dad seen it no do you want him to see it or you think it's he's going to be like this makes me feel.
0: Yeah, I like, don't know. We'll see how it turns out. There's like a bit of an epilogue happening right now. I'm trying not to think about it, but oh, there's God. the story's not over. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. it's
1: so we have these connections when when you're an artist. I, I don't know if you feel the way where you're like, am I invested in this for the final product or for the emotions? I'm feeling when you're, it's just like, it's just a lot. And, yeah. and I would argue the product is connected to the emotion. Like what is
0: – yeah, you're like what – am I following this or is, am I creating – am I the leader or am I the follower? It's like uh-huh. especially with documentaries you just have – because I hate talking heads and like all of that. I try to make it like as real as possible but uh, – If know.
1: I was your stepmom, I would think the conspiracy is you were just trying to find a finish to your piece.
0: Yeah, so it could be me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God
1: um uh, uh for me i'm headlining uncle Vinny's comedy club october 7th october 8th i'll be headlining philly punchline october 16th and then canada i'll be in edmonton october 20th through 23rd seven shows jesus whoa fucking
0: Christ. in the mall
1: uh i think so yeah yeah you've been there
0: I've I've heard of it. I got to
1: get my global entry pass. I cannot wait in this customs line. I submitted. I think I fucked up. They asked for my employment in the last ten years, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Don't let anyone. I don't in know Edmonton. what to tell you. Yeah,
0: you'll be okay.
1: Um, and and for those of you uh, listening, uh, whether you have a, a a good relationship with your dad or a bad relationship with your dad, uh, one day you'll have no relationship with your dad because he'll be dead. Mm. This is the outside.
0: <laughs> one two. Hey! Downside
1: Yeah, that was right.